0: Hello, everyone out there. Thank you so much for listening. We are live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, celebrating the grand opening of the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center. This is ValorCast. On today's episode, we have the honor and privilege of speaking to an American icon, a soldier, a father, a fisherman, and one hell of a storyteller. This man is the inspiration behind one of the biggest films of all time. My name is Brad Carpenter, and I'm a writer, a patriot, and one gigantic history nerd. I invite you to come on a journey with me as I collect tales of courage and sacrifice directly from the recipients of the Medal of Honor themselves. This is ValorCast.
1: Testing. Fourscore and seven years ago, our forefathers <laughs> brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. <laughs> this Ooh. guy oozes patriotism. I mean, who ever
0: heard of anyone doing really the Gettysburg bad. Address for a sound check?
1: Sergeant First Class Samuel Davis, born November 1st, 1946, Dayton, Ohio.
0: Sergeant Davis strolled into the office in full military uniform, immaculately pressed starched to perfection. And one of the first claims he made was that people used to make fun of him because of his name Sammy Davis. Well, it was hard for me to imagine anyone making fun of this man, but he swears it was true. And he goes on to tell me that he met the Rat Pack Sammy Davis many, many times. But the first time, he walked right up to that famous
1: friend of Sinatra, without a care in the world, and said, You don't realize the ribbon that I've always taken because of your name. And from that date on, every time I'd meet him, he would jump straddle at me and say, Oh, Sam, it's so good to see you. You don't realize the ribbon I've taken because of your name. (laughs) He was such a sweet man. I mean, truly sweet, sweet man. And a little bitty guy.
0: (laughs) So Sammy Davis knows Sammy Davis. That's pretty cool. Well, I discovered that Sergeant Davis knows a great many, many people. I mean, this is something that just keeps coming up throughout the entire interview, like this casual Donald Trump name drop that he gives us right here.
1: I've known Donald Trump 25 years, and we were going to an event in New York, and Donald Trump was there. It was at the stock market, and I asked Donald that time. He was just Donald. I asked him, I said, well, Well, should I wear my uniform or should I wear civilian clothes, tuxedo? And he said, Sam, that's not a civilian award. That's a military award. Always wear your Medal of Honor with your uniform. And that's why still today, I I still, if I'm going to wear the medal, I'm going to put my uniform on because it's not a civilian award.
0: I think it's important to point out that at this point, the interview actually begins. I mean, the only reason that we got any of this audio right now is because I had the microphones running in the background.
1: I'll answer any question you ask. Amazing. Amazing. Except where my secret fishing hole is. Uh,
0: Where is your secret fishing hole? I don't remember. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) The hard-hitting question. But I'll take you, but
0: I'll have to blindfold you. (laughs) Okay, that's great. I'll take you up on that. Um,
1: No, you are not on my way. I'm going to get your sound. We routinely catch pound and a quarter bluegill. Oh, man. That's why it's a secret. Pound feat. and a quarter. Pound and a qu- I'm talking bluegill like this.
0: What if you got those barbs in your hand? You you would have a
1: a bad day. Why would I have barbs in my hand? <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how I fish.
0: <laughs> we talk about fishing for, oh, I don't know, 12 minutes maybe. And he was happy to indulge me. But then finally, our conversation moved to the reason why we're here the grand opening. Of the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center.
1: So it's a big weekend. It's a big week for you. It's been a phenomenal weekend. The, the people that I have met and the things that I have seen here at the Heritage Center has just been phenomenal. It's it blew my expectations away. Mine too. And I'm I've been a Medal of Honor recipient over fifty years. Right. And when I came here, I've learned things every time I turn a corner yeah I mean seriously you I, I, you, you read this or watch right. this video and you go that's the most outstanding thing I've ever seen and you walk around the corner and say the same thing and walk around the neck I mean seriously <laughs> yeah it's excellent job thank yeah. you very much for
0: doing this absolutely so tell the listeners a little bit about the mission of the museum and 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 the um the importance of the education program and and those those six character traits that they really want to get yes, across. Sir.
1: That is what those six character traits is what life, in my opinion, should evolve around. It's not just in the Medal of honor character development program. It is what life evolves around. But that's one of the reasons why the recipients believe in it so much is because this is what we're teaching the young students in our when we go talk to schools all over mm-hmm. the United States and we teach those six points right. and it just makes your heart feel good because the kids always go oh wow I take all the kids fishing you take to That's your secret job. fishing hole to my secret fishing hole yes sir okay and I blindfold them <laughs> no I, I don't really uh, but okay. as a grandpa mm-hmm. when I, I go talk I just talk to the kids at Spencer High School yep Wednesday we flew here okay. Thursday and that the kids were asking me well Sir Davis when are you gonna take us fishing because that's what I do I take kids fishing they're like grandkids to that's me, so you know. fun I love it I that's love so it so fun I bet you're really good with kids I bet I you really it.
0: I bet you love talking to those kids well I,
1: I love children that's a fact <laughs> we got 16 or 15
0: grandchildren 15 grandchildren. 15 grandkids. grandchildren yes sir wow okay
1: so how many kids do you have
0: we have four children four children 15 grandchildren how long have you been married We've,
1: well, my wife of 35 years passed away. Passed away. And Dixie and I have been married 15 years. 15 years. Amazing. And we knew each other. Our Her husband and I were Vietnam veterans. Right. Tim was a three-tour Navy corpsman in Vietnam. And when he came home, he was an entertainer, Martin and Holiday. He was Holiday. Gotcha. Tim Taylor was his name, but we called him Holiday because he was always on Holiday. <laughs> and... Tim would be playing at the events that I spoke at mm. the veterans reunions and so forth. So we'd known each other and loved each other's brothers since the seventies. And right. then Tim passed away first from Agent orange throat cancer. And then my wife passed away from cancer mm-hmm. and Dixie and I, started talking one day we hadn't seen each other for almost 12 years now we had talked on the phone would emailed each other mm-hmm. but we hadn't actually seen each other for almost 12 years we lived in Illinois they lived in Texas so that was one of the reasons why we hadn't seen each other for a while ever since Tim had gotten sick mm-hmm. and couldn't travel anymore to the events well we hadn't seen each other but um, we cool. got together at the Skidmore Missouri Freedom Fest and <laughs> The rest is history. The rest is history, that's right. <laughs> we, we met there, and a year later, we were married there. Oh, wow. At the Skidmore Freedom well, Festival. Well, special, it's special to you guys. Well, it's well, well, it in front of 2,500 of our best friends. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, <clears throat> well, let's shift gears to, to you and, and your story, and, and the story yes, of uh, of you as a human being, and a, and as you as a soldier, and as the reason why
1: you're wearing that medal right now. My story? Yes. I'm just an ordinary boy, country boy. I went to Vietnam to serve my country because mm-hmm. freedom's not free, and I wanted to help earn freedom for our nation like my grandfathers and my father, right. my brothers had done before me. And it was my turn, I went and did my job. Uh, the Medal of Honor, too many of the, it, usually it's the media that says, oh, well, that's all about bravery and courage and I always have to argue with them Mm -hmm. because the Medal of Honor is about love. Mm. It's the love in your heart for your fellow man that will give you the strength to swim across the river while wounded 30 times for your brother. You you can't be that brave or that strong, and I'm not. I'm 73 years old and still scared of the dark, but...
0: (laughs) So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that a little bit of the Forrest Gump story (laughs) is loosely
1: based on yours. Yes, sir. And and Forrest Gump, when the president is putting the medal on Forrest Gump... Johnson, right? That is my actual... That's me standing there. And they
0: just superimpose Hanks' face face on you.
1: Yes, sir. And... In the movie, if it has to do with the military, it's based on me. The rest of the movie, lightly, and I do Uh express lightly Lightly. touches my life. And Dixie Miss Jenny Uh did not really do drugs or belong to the okay Ku Klux Klan. Gotcha. So how
0: did how did that come about? Did you just get a call from Zemeckis one day, or
1: Uh, Winston Groom? Okay, uh, called the house and started asking questions.
0: Winston Groom. The author of the novel Forrest Gump*, Groom published the story in 1986.
1: So he would come to my hometown at the time I was living in Robinson, Illinois, and he would go down to Walmart and stand and act like a greeter. Now I had at that time I lived in that area for 40 years, so and it's a small town. Yeah, everybody knew me, and he would say, well, uh, do you know Sammy Davis? Oh yeah, I know Sam. Well, after he started hearing a few stories, then he would ask specifically, well, tell me about the time Sam drove his truck off the levee into the river, (laughs) Uh, which they didn't put that in the movie. Thank goodness. But once he started getting stories, Mm -hmm. he never talked to me face to face, he talked to my yeah. kids the reason why Forrest ran everywhere was because when he would call we're on the road 200 plus days a year traveling and speaking and when he would call the kids would answer the phone and say no nah, dad's out running to nebraska right now or no nah, dad's out running to Washington dc and so that's why he so, did the forest running wow my, my, i've had five new knees total knee replacements uh my runners don't work. Right, I'm lucky to be walking today.
0: <laughs> what a what a story, man! I mean, that's, that's run, cool. Forrest, run. I think I... That famous line. Now we know. Now we know why Forrest ran to get away from people trying to interview him. I'll count myself very lucky.
1: Well, the good thing is I've had the privilege of now I know. All the all the members of the cast of, of Forrest Gump, they're friends now. Gary Sinise, in fact, we were just with him. We spent a week with him last week. Well, we invited him to come here for this, and his schedule was already booked. I don't remember where he's at, but he was, he was already booked.
0: Yeah, he knows Gary Sinise. They're friends. They hang out because, of course, they hang out, right? But Sammy had one more crazy story to tell us. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read somewhere in my research that you had your
1: metal, like, stolen in your trunk. Yes, sir. It was stolen out of the trunk of my car. What? Yes, sir. How did that happen? Well, the guy that stole it, I was in uniform, but I was going in to do something. Oh. We'd done a speaking engagement and was at the hotel. Well, the FBI (laughs) has asked me not to leave the metal in a, in a hotel room okay because of past history yeah so i took it off put it in this medal of honor box put the box in my briefcase put the briefcase in my trunk and then because we were going to go out for supper that night meet and greet right well the guy was three cars away this is what we found out later and he seen me take the medal off and he seen me put it in the briefcase or in the box and then put the briefcase in the trunk soon as I left he popped the trunk got the briefcase and it was the medal was gone three nights four days but you found it they got it back yes one of the kids that was in the room in that same hotel and the guy that stole it brought the briefcase up to the room up to their to his room and opened it up and the young man that was that actually ended up giving us the medal that provided worse the medal was yeah he said when he opened that briefcase and i seen the medal of honor there i knew what it was mm-hmm. and i knew who it belonged to i'm the only living medal of honor recipient from indiana he said you had spoke to my class when i was in the sixth grade And you're the only Medal of Honor recipient. And that's why I knew who it belonged to. So he grabbed the briefcase, took it away from the guy, and the guy was chasing him. And he threw it. When he went across the bridge, he threw it. He put bricks in it so it would sink and threw it in the river. And then called the cops and said, it's right there. Wow. And and sure enough, it was right there. there. Because the guy that originally stole it, it was all about drugs. He was going to sell it for drug money. And... Well, thank God that guy
0: was there and, yes, like, he was watching, you know? Yes, sir. As he talks, I can't stop my mind from wandering off to Forrest Gump, off to that iconic scene where the character is telling fantastic stories to strangers on a park bench. Stories about war, stories about family, about encounters with famous celebrities and makers of history. Now take away that park bench and in its place, imagine Sammy on the banks of some muddy river, of his secret fishing hole somewhere in the woods in the Midwest. Birds are chirping, the water is bubbling, wide-eyed kids are all around him listening, hanging on to his every word.
1: What I want is for you and all you listening to stand up firmly for what you believe is right in your heart. I don't preach individual politics. I don't care what color hat you wear. I just want you as an American to stand up for what you believe is right. That is what has got America to this point, And that's what will allow America to continue on if each one of us stands up firmly for what you believe is right in your heart and I'm not saying you have to believe the way I believe I want you to believe what's in your heart what you believe is right that has what has made America the nation that it is today and it's what's going to maintain it if we do that so do it Wow Sergeant Samuel Davis is an American
0: hero infamous for being at the right place at the right time like a feather in the wind, telling stories of valor and courage, changing the life of anyone who was lucky enough to be in his path. And that's all I gotta say about that. everyone thanks for listening and a big special thanks to sammy davis for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk to us Valorcast is made possible by the great folks at the national medal of honor heritage center in beautiful downtown chattanooga to learn more about the national medal of honor heritage center the character development program or to learn about past medal of honor recipients please visit the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center's website at m-o-h-h-c That's m-o-h-h-c dot org. ValorCast is hosted, edited, and mixed by me, Brad Carpenter. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, leaving a nice review on iTunes or Spotify would mean the world to us. Thanks again, and we salute you.